You're listening to the Art of Floating podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Art of Floating podcast, where float centers thrive. This is a weekly podcast that tells our stories of running our float centers. We love giving tips on starting and running float centers and giving updates from around the world of what's going on in the float industry. You can find us on Facebook at The Art of Floating. You can find us on Twitter at Artful Floating. And you can join the conversation on the show by leaving a voicemail on SpeakPipe on theartoffloating.com. There's a gold bar on the left side of the screen. Click that and you can leave a voicemail. Um, welcome to the show, Amy Grimes, Float Nashville. How are you hey, doing? Doing well. How are you doing tonight, Dylan? I'm, I'm doing very well. <laughs> a little it. out of sorts a bit, but but doing good. Lance, how are you doing? Lance, doing at... Pretty... <laughs> Lance at the Float Shack. That's right. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. A little bit tired today, as I always seem to say on uh, know, Tuesdays right? when we record our show, but doing yeah, good. Maybe we should just be done with that. I think we're all entrepreneurs. <laughs> we all just... <laughs> burn the candle at both ends every day of the week so um maybe from now on uh, all the listeners out there just know that we're really tired <laughs> we're just absolutely <laughs> wasted burnt out and we love it this is this is what we do um welcome welcome to being an entrepreneur mm-hmm. um i'd also like to introduce brian van pesky um although it's an introduction on the show brian has been behind uh, the art of floating.com since its inception um, in fact, I believe we even consider him employee zero at the float shop. Hello, Brian. How are you doing? Hello. Doing great. Excited to uh, be, be on the microphone tonight. Cool. Yeah. So Brian joins us on, on all the shows um, behind the scenes um, and helps produce it and, and all of that. But, um, and he's also been my editor for the blog for, for years and helped me with just anything kind of tech-based, which is why he's on today's show. Uh, we're talking about logos. Um, and I think Brian has a little bit to contribute that has more to do with the um, kind of modern technology and how that can contribute to to logo design. So, um, again, welcome to the show, Brian. Oh, and I guess it's obvious, but Brian's also in Portland, Oregon um, with uh, uh, with the float shop here. So um, thanks, welcome. Dylan. Yeah. Um, before we get started talking about logos and all that, I um, just want to give a little shout out to our sponsor, Float Away. Uh, the simple act of floating in warm, salty water is the most relaxing experience on Earth. This has been Floataway's byline for more than 15 years. It's true for each of their eight different models and in all their 40 or f- so countries where happy customers float in Floataway float tanks. Floataway is proud of the especially equipped round pools in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where research is really putting floating on the mainstream map. You can check them out at floataway.com and find out how the company has pioneered new techniques, new shapes, and new ideas in floating. The founders, Colin and Ginny Stanwell-Smith, are world experts on every aspect of flotation technology. Again, you can find them at floataway.com. Floataway is a family business within the floating family. All righty. <clears throat> Amy, do you, uh, did you have a good week? You know, so, I, you know, you think I would have had the absolutely most awesome week ever, and even tonight I'd still be full of bubbly. Um, well, last in, week. In case anybody missed last week. Catch, I, I, catch I everybody say, up. Last week, mm-hmm. I, uh, on Monday, I uh, finally, we finally pulled together a deal for funding the next facility. Uh, so we were celebrating that Which on Tuesday. Amazing. It was. It was, and, quite frankly, I'm still kind of shocked about it. And uh, I and, hate to be the one to tout around <laughs> numbers, but I, I got to say it was a substantial triple. Wait, how many is there? <laughs> I mean. Six to seven. Yeah, six. six. Yeah. Now, now keep in mind, I'm using it to buy a building as well. So 
Okay. Um, it's not the world's most expensive float center, um, but I am <laughs> purchasing a building, uh, which <laughs> which puts a lot of those zeros in there. Okay. Um, so Wednesday, we finally, after meeting with advisors and bankers and all that kind of fun stuff, uh, we decided to go ahead and uh, we, we did some uh, finagling. We finally signed the papers uh, and signed the agreement. Mm-hmm. So one thing down, right? Now, there's still some things that could, of course, go wrong, but, you know, for the most part, we're feeling good about it. Uh, so we finally had a meeting at 730 this morning with the health department. Mm-hmm. And as many of you uh, have probably done the same thing, when you go to the health department, you have a tendency to be a little nervous about the whole floating thing. The float um, tanks, we, they derailed you again. Did they just roadblock <laughs> you with the float tanks? Now, here's the funny part. That's what we're expecting, right? Because yeah. the other part well, of yeah, our... yeah, that's all we hear every That's week. all we ever hear is like, you know, it's <laughs> the float tanks, they regulate everything, they're going to make me do these crazy things. Um, no, so we got into this meeting, and now the other part of my business, I do have a 5,200 square foot um, building, and the other part of the business was also uh, in hydrotherapy. It was actually we were going to do some hot uh, uh, hot tubs and cold plunge pools. Mm-hmm. We've been working with a hot tub company who who does commercial work. We go into the meeting. They're like, "Ah, oh, float tanks. Never heard of them." But uh, I called the health department in the state, and they gave us this paper. And so, yeah, just do this, and you're fine. Um, then Sweet. they moved on to the hot tubs, and <laughs> everything just fell apart i was not expecting it um why they're hot uh, basically uh there's been some they've decided to enforce some regulations that previously were not um and they've decided to do this statewide and they just now started to do this uh probably very 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 recently and you could tell the moment we brought it up um they were all very anti the anti the plan anyway we met with the entire uh, health department came to this meeting we were expecting one person there were five people there and uh we were just kind of beat up by the time we left so it was really disheartening but you know being entrepreneurs i like to call it um a lesson in being tenacious so we've spent the rest of the day on the phone with everybody that we possibly could looking for other ideas some loopholes uh-huh. any way around it uh-huh. um we have about half a plan we do have to meet with our architect at seven thirty. No, eight o'clock tomorrow morning, and uh, finish the pl- the plans. You know that we just spent twenty two thousand dollars on, oh and um, to send off to permitting. Um, oh so in the morning we are going to have to redo about half the building and then uh. get it going. So uh, I have to come up with a plan before tomorrow morning. Uh, <laughs> uh, yay, entrepreneurism. All right. um, so you know you want to. The first impulse is you know you want to go cry, but the reality of it is you know. If you're a real entrepreneur, and I think all of us, if you're listening to this, you are. If you're thinking about starting a float center, or if you've started a float center, um, these kind of challenges kind of invigorate you. I like a good challenge. <laughs> yeah, I want to go cry, but at the same time, I know it's going to feel fantastic when I figure this stuff out. So, um, wow. you know, it, by next it, week, hopefully this will be behind me and we'll be on to the next thing. It is a series of roadblocks or challenges, right? I mean, yeah. it's never li- life or a running a float business it's never just gliding there's i mean you're always pushing against boundaries to to continue your growth for you sure sure are and, that's and a rough okay. one <laughs> it's all right it's all right it's gonna be okay uh, that's why i keep telling myself i just have to repeat it a few times but uh no onward and upward right this is what we do this is what we all do every single day we get cool. up we nice. have problems and we knock them out of the park <laughs> I'm all proud right. to be part of this business. Well, this now industry. I'm excited. I'm excited for next week to see see yeah, where you're at, see how you're too. doing. <laughs> thanks, thanks. 
Lance, can you can you bring this bring the show back up? <laughs> yes, I I'm can. Such a downer. Well, things at the Float Shack have been pretty good this past week. Um, we've had some fun testing some new products. Hmm. Um, we've been playing with some different foam like. I've spoke earlier on how some foam earplugs let water in and some don't. Um, we're just trying some some a different type of foam earplugs. Um, we're working with a different type of enzyme we're actually using in our water. And also these, uh, you've heard about me talk about them before, but the sponges that float on top of your water to absorb oils yeah. and makeups, lotions, stuff like that. We're actually uh, working with one of those, but it almost looks like a fuzzy paint roller. And um, when it's actually moving in your water, it actually rolls around mm. and sort of, you know, keeps consistent, I don't know, absorption on the roll versus a sponge that floats on either side. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also washable. So oh, nice. instead of just throwing them out after a few weeks like we have been doing, you can just throw them in the wash and wash them up and reuse them. That's great. So, Very cool. Yeah, that's what we spent the last few days doing, just playing with different products and Nice. Seeing what works best for us. How fun is that? I love it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to need to try the <clears throat> the sponge roller one, or I don't know, which, whatever you want to call that. Can we put that in the show notes? Yes. Do, do you have a link sure. for that? Okay. Yeah, cool. it's actually called a Scum Boss. Scum Boss. Uh, okay. Is that made um, by the same company that does Scum no, Bug? No, it's actually a different company. Because I I was doing the Scum Bug, and I although we do keep them in our float tanks, they don't seem to pick up that much. I mm. haven't had the same results that you've had. I actually have got some for for another lady that owns a float center she was having some soap problems in her uh-huh. water um just bubbles and stuff uh-huh. and she started using the sponge and she said it cleared it right up nice. so um and is that putting didn't, it in we the... didn't use the scum bug um mm-hmm. i forget they were called they were an orange square spug or square spug uh mm-hmm. orange square sponge <laughs> got it hey, hey lance on these new ones we, we tried those out as well we had a lot of problems with the excess like filaments from the uh, mm. roller coming off in our water have you seen any of that no we haven't no, we've only been, been using it for about three or four days mm. so we'll see that's why yeah, it's experimenting yeah. Yeah. So, yeah i'm curious amy did you find that it eventually would start breaking down or as soon as you put it in it would start um, leaving the uh it, it was pretty quick after we put it in Um, But, you know, one batch that we got was much worse than the second batch. We got two bags of them, and the second bag wasn't nearly as bad as the first one. So I don't know if there was a manufacturing issue or not, but... Um, but if you can, if they're clean, if they run clean and clear for you, I'd definitely like to give them a try again. They're yeah, a nice little added bonus. Definitely keep everyone updated. Please yeah. do. And do you put them in the main body of water, or are you putting those in, the, like, the hair portion of the filter pump? No. So the sponges and this roller thing, everything is supposed to float on top of the water. Okay. So any of the oils, lotions, makeup, that is lighter than water, so it will always rise to the top. Okay. And that's why, unless you have... Um, skimmers or multiple skimmers built into your tank it's really hard to remove what collects on the surface the point of these things they just skim around the top and hopefully without leaving a trace behind absorb everything that is on top and ever since we started using the original sponges our clarity has definitely increased by a few points that's for sure nice cool Mm mm-hmm well, I'm glad to hear about that. Um, I've got some exciting news myself um, for the float shop, which is that we got the floors installed today, which is feels like a long time coming. Um, I think it's been something like 
I think 16 Tuesdays that we've been working now. I think we did the math and it's at least like 16 days of full work that we've done. So, I mean, this has been many, many, many months of, of working on this. And all of a sudden, like the showers are almost done. I wanted them to be done last night, but our tile guy couldn't finish. And uh, so we just have that little bit more to do. But the floors were fully installed. They're amazing. They're, mm-hmm. you know, strips of basically uh, linoleum. I mean, they look like linoleum. They're very different texture to it. You can walk on it when they're wet and they're still completely stable. It, it feels good on your feet. Um, and uh, they they weld it to the floor. I mean, they, it's like it's completely sealed. And then they have um, where the quote-unquote linoleum meets, they put... Um, basically like a hot glue gun except instead of a tube of glue it's a tube of that linoleum product and they squirt it in there and weld the two seams together so it, again it becomes completely waterproof which i've i know i've described that in the past but it's a reality now so it's uh really exciting and um after last tuesday where they they weren't able to do the install because we had accidentally stored the floor outside um this was a uh, really nice it was also really weird because we have been working our butts off every Tuesday, and we wake up early, we go hard until I have to break to record this show. And um, we, we woke up, we cleared out the space of all the tools and everything that we use, and then we were just basically bouncing into the walls, running into each other, and just, like, had no sense of purpose. It was really weird. And we um, felt really lethargic and almost kind of down today, which was really weird. Um I think just like swinging hammers and picking things up, moving them and all that stuff just kind of gets your endorphins going. And, and even if you woke up early, you get positive and, and it's great. But today, despite it being like a break day, we, it, was, it was odd. It was just an odd day. But yet at the same time, the floors are in. They look great. We need to wait 72 hours for those floors to dry. And then we'll be hauling in the float tanks on Saturday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard if anybody wants to fly out here and help us bring in our new <laughs> isopod float tank. That's appreciated. Ooh. So, oh, really exciting. It's, it is kind of emotional um, yeah. because it's been a really long journey and uh, mm, so exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is exciting. Thank you. You look excited. <laughs> um, yeah, let's get to the logos. I think this is a really cool topic. Everybody needs a logo. This involves everybody in the industry. Um, so what we've did is on the float uh, – Actually, so I, maybe I should just back up a little bit. Um, there's a gentleman by the name of Dan Larson who um, posts uh, pretty frequently in Float Tank Facilitators. Float, Float Tank Facilitators is a Facebook group. And um, basically anything that you want to talk about with um, in regards to floating or running a float center, um, this is the group for you. Um, so not, not so much about the float experience. Um, there are other groups for that. This is for the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, anyway, Dan Larson made a post to say, share your logos here here's my logo here's what i did to come up with the design let let's see what all of yours looks like instead of me going through all of the interwebs and finding yours let's just share everybody's and it was actually really cool um to look at everybody's designs some people shared little tidbits about why um they came up with their design choices and um i just i I don't know if dan said it in the initial post that it'd be a great podcast idea but it certainly is one um so we're gonna go over um a few things one is what comes, uh, what's valuable in a design? Um, what what are the things that you want to consider for designing your logo? And then we're actually going to um, go through the pictures that people posted on Facebook on this float facilitators group. Um, 
I will do my best to describe these pictures. Uh, if you're driving in a car, I hope I do a good job for you. Otherwise, boot up your computer and um, go to theartoffloating.com and um, find find this show. And we're gonna have all the pictures there, so you don't just have to rely on my on my descriptors here. So this this is a little bit of a of a different podcast episode, just because there's a little visual element to it. But uh, we are talking about logos, so I wanna I wanna cover those things. Um, anything I'm missing, guys? Or is that does that sound right? Sounds good. Sounds okay. Right. Cool. Yeah, okay. Well, um, and uh, please add what you guys want to add here. If I'm missing anything, please, please, um, please fill me in here. But as far as a logo goes, I think um, one of the most basic concepts is that you want it to be scalable, is that you want it to be able to sh- shrink, get large. If you blow it up on a big poster, it's not going to be fuzzy. Um, I think that's something you see way too often in advertising is pixelated art um, that's not ironic and hip. <laughs> um, it's just, <laughs> it's accidental really, or they just didn't consider it. So when you get your logo made to make sure that it's either extremely high quality, um, uh, high high detail, or even better, do vectors. Um, have uh, whoever you're working with design it in a vector format so that no matter how you scale it, it, it scales appropriately without any any pixel lines. And if you don't have a vector right now for your logo file, mm. you can go online and there are places that will convert your file to vector. So you can make it as big as you want or as small as you'd like. Yeah, and th- I would argue that's true for simpler logos. Is that right, Lance? Like, Yeah. If it's too complex, it's not – it's doable, but it won't turn out as nice. Um the, the float shop logo is a watercolor painting and we actually did have somebody attempt to convert that to vector at one oh, point yeah. and it was a little silly it, it, mm-hmm. it didn't really turn out so well um, yeah and I'll, I'll jump in here please. for those who aren't familiar with what what is vector um, oh, thank you know, you, I, I'm not a designer I don't know what vector is um, <laughs> vector if you're familiar with like Adobe there's Adobe Photoshop Adobe Illustrator uh, Photoshop primarily works with uh, pixels, uh, rasterized images. So once you once you've created your image at a certain resolution, that's it. You can make it smaller without making it worse. But if you blow it up, it's not going to be as good. Um, vectors use um, basically mathematic algorithms to draw everything. So that means they can scale. You can make them larger, smaller, um, and the crispness and quality of it is not going to change. And that's why Brian is on the show tonight. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Please keep interjecting when we miss something like that. Um, works in black and white, I think, is a good rule. Um, if you're going to do a print advertisement, even if you have the most beautiful logo design in the world, um, you know, you can't always do color. You might not want to uh, pay for color. Um, if you're doing T-shirts, oftentimes it's easier to do black and white. There, there are quite a few reasons that you might want to um, present your logo in black and white format. So if you design it from the ground up that it can represent in black and white, that's going to save you some some blood, sweat, and tears or money in my case where whenever we do an ad in print, uh, we always have to pay for a small section of it to be in color, which is cool that we don't have to pay for the whole ad to be in color, um, but we do have to pay a little premium just to keep our logo in color because ours was not in any way designed with that in mind. So, um, Next up, uh, simplicity. Um, any any thoughts on that, Lance and Amy? 
Well, I don't think simplicity is a necessity. I don't think there's any rule to this is how your logo has to be. Mm -hmm. Some people prefer a simpler, cleaner look. Some people like the more sophisticated look. Mm -hmm. Um, I've come to learn as I've grown in the business that uh, simpler seems to go a lot further for us. And that's not just logo. That's everything (laughs) that has to do with marketing. Yeah. That, that's can, funny. Can I add, too, that if it's simple or uh, simplified, uh, when you enlarge, or particularly when it gets smaller, sometimes it gets a little hard to read if there's a lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. in the logo. Mm-hmm. I, I just noticed that I was looking at our local paper, and I had trouble reading some of the logos in the smaller, smaller ads. So just kind of check it out and keep that in mind, I think, if you Good want point. that to, uh, uh, people to recognize that. Yeah, I, I think if you think of the biggest companies out there, the the logos that come to mind are very simple. I mean, right now I think of Coca Cola or Nike Swish symbol. I mean, they're they're just so iconic and so simple. Um, there are some things that you want to do. Um, so those I think are just some of the just basic rules for design. But I think concept ideas, perhaps some of the most important things, are conveying your brand. Um, if you're running a float center, you're probably not going to have font that looks like steel rivets. You know, like it, you're just, um, you want to convey a certain feeling about um, whether it's sophistication or Lance, do you, do you want to cover this a little bit more in depth? No, I was just sort of giggling at thinking of what steel riveted uh, <laughs> float center <laughs> logos would look like. Um, well, I'm not sure I'd visit, so <laughs> maybe out of curiosity, but not most people. Um, but, but uh, you know, you can convey that it's um, upper scale uh, or upper end. Um, you could convey that it's expensive, right, from from the very first look at the logo, that this um, you, might be a slight premium to this, um, that you're fun, laid back, um, all sorts of different things, just, just based off of your logo, um, which I guess kind of goes into the, the feel of the logo. So conveying your brand and, and the feel of it. Yeah, um look look and feel so you can go um we'll, we'll get into this a little bit later in the show but i've used a, a company called design crowd and when you're filling out your application they say what do you want the look of feel to be and you sort of scale it uh, do you want it more elegant or bold playful or serious traditional or modern mm. personable or professional feminine masculine colorful conservative economical or upmarket those are sort of the you know the scales you can work from to to pick exactly how you want your logo to impact that's interesting that that's that's a nice insight to what designers are looking for and on the other end of things we are in the process of designing a new logo for the new location hmm. and with the test logos that have been made i've been passing them to people and say hey can you give me about two words that you think hmm. uh, describe this company and tell me approximately how much you think uh the service costs um, and <laughs> getting people seeing where the range falls in um, and what kind of words are being used, that that has been helpful to me as someone who is very um, design ignorant. Having that feedback has been great. Perfect. I, I think that's an absolute pivotal part of the design process is getting feedback. And not just from friends and family, but from strangers, basically. People that aren't don't have a vested interest in you that can look at it a little more, uh, less biased, basically. And taking that really honest feedback. And so you're asking what they would pay? Is that what you said? Yeah. So if you look at my logo, uh, give me two adjectives you think describe the type of business or type of atmosphere you might walk into. Mm-hmm. And how much do you think I might be charging for my 
in this case for my float um cool. just to get a sense of does it look like a higher end does it look yeah. like lower end where where in the scale does that fall it's That's, been interesting that is very interesting i like that i hadn't heard of that before um that that yeah. sort of brings me a point on our logo mm -hmm. um when we designed our float shack logo we wanted it to be sort of fun and different and as we've grown, we've started to see that it's a little too playful. And I don't think people, um, at a first glance, um, take us as seriously as we should be taken. Oh, Especially when we're at, like, a health expo or something. We got this cartoonish <laughs> logo that's that's not as, you know, serious and impactful as I think Amy is speaking about. Got it. Um, if someone was to rate, I believe, their radar service based on our logo, I think it'd be a little less than... And I think what we're actually charging just because it doesn't look like it's um, sort of a health thing or uh, interesting. So let me let yeah. me describe your logo as the the ordained uh, describer of logos. Um, <laughs> there is a, a cloud. It says float shack inside of it. Float is in blue. Shack is in gray and um, has a little bit of a cartoony feel, a lighthearted font. I, I don't know what type of font that is, but kind of bubbly and then sitting on top of the cloud at an angle is a um a, sh a shack um, <laughs> a cartoon shack with an eyeball um looking out of the top window um is that an apt descriptor uh, yeah like i really um it was hard designing it yeah we came up with our name before we had any idea of a logo <laughs> or anything like that so we're like how do we create a logo for float shack and you had an issue with your name in the first place right wasn't there like a quick turnover uh, yeah there was a i could go on for an hour about that if, um, if you like, could make it <laughs> in 30 <laughs> seconds we named i was thinking about this today actually actually that my first time ever interacting with you dylan was um, a spontaneous phone call um, from a guy i've never even heard um, yep. but we named our float center um a, a different float name and it didn't <laughs> jive with somebody across the ocean uh -huh. in the UK yeah. and they uh, sort of had it out for us on Twitter before anyone even knew about us they were just bashing us and cutting us down and saying we're thieves even though we did our our nexus or nuance search here and mm. you know we're the only name in Canada that, that had it but he just didn't want us to have the same name as him even though we're on the other side of the world so we got thinking after and we stumbled upon float shack as a name i just thought it was just different and intriguing and then trying to create a logo was was a little tricky um but we did it and the eyeball at the top is supposed to be a third eye sort mm -hmm. of thing and yeah it also kind of looks like a personified house like maybe this house is animated and could maybe talk or look around something like yeah that. i don't know dylan i really don't <laughs> know what we have going on lots of people like it we get compliments on uh -huh. it but um <laughs> i think we're going to be changing it up in the next couple months oh wow just okay. we want to go for something that stands a little more for i say i don't know health oriented sure. or targeted sure um you know something that that can be taken a bit more serious than what we have that makes sense but i do like your logo don't get that i like wrong. your logo too yep but <laughs> I, I see what you're saying though um one more uh, rule i would say um is don't rip off somebody else's logo um it's uh it's easier to do than you might think um it, especially if it's not the same 
brand, um, you might think that you can take somebody else's logo, but um, make sure that you come up with, with something original. Um, and also, actually, Lance, just a quick aside. During last year's float conference, I was approached by Canadians um, who were going to start a float center called The Float Shop. <laughs> and I, I was like, that's awesome. That's really cool. I'm excited for you. Also, I have some attachment to our name. We've done a lot to, you know, design our, uh, to build our brand. And for somebody else to use that name doesn't feel good. And um, they responded very positively and um, started um, a business under a different name. So that went really well, um, which I, I know kind of happened to you in a less well way. Um, yeah. But, we had good intention behind it, but, you know, oh, yeah. not everyone reacts the same. Understood. <laughs> Understood. So I know we just covered Lance's um, logo, and now I'd like to get uh, into the meat of going through everybody's logos, starting with Dan Larson, the guy who started this feed um, on, on Float Tank Facilitators. He owns Ollie Float, and um, basically his logo is a, a gray, very simplified drawing of a body um, with basically like almost like a few paint strokes, um, what looks like laying in a, a bed of water, and he has the font that says... Uh, ollie float in two different um, colors the, each word ollie and float in two different colors of blue with uh, yellow lines uh, on top and underneath the words um, he had a little bit to say about uh, the logo if, amy if you want to so, read that yeah so dan said we paid an online shop fifty dollars to, to put it together two to three years ago all things considered we got what we paid for it's not bad but it's not great either some people see our sign and think we're a mattress company. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I could see that. <laughs> I could see that. I see, a f I see somebody floating, but I could definitely see somebody who didn't know float centers thinking that. Um, I think it looked like a lumpy mattress, and I wouldn't go there. <laughs> no, no, I think no. it does a good job at, uh, <laughs> as, uh, as showing floating. I know that can be very difficult to, yes. to you know, yes. get a nice drawing or picture of somebody floating in a abstract way almost i mean that's the concept right for for most float centers mm -hmm. is to convey the idea that you'll be floating on water and like you said probably something a little abstract um to convey that and to convey that in a simple format like what we've been describing that that's an uphill battle and sometimes it's tough if they don't even know what floating is right um, mm -hmm. some seeing someone even understanding that that's someone floating in the water isn't necessarily going to convey to them what we see very easily mm -hmm. i find because we've had some uh, issues with ours, which we'll talk about later. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. As will I, yes. <laughs> um, one thing I really like about it is that Ollie Float, without the logo even above it, has its own sense of brand. Like, you could almost just cut out the image altogether, and they have the two different colors of blue. The yellow makes it pop, and you could put that on T-shirts, and it just it pops. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I like that about it, um, as far as branding goes. And easy to read. Um. I believe this company is simply called Float. Um, uh, the next one that we're looking at here, which we have two different versions of it. One has a white or gray background with blue lettering that says Float. And then underneath that, it says the most relaxing experience of your life. Within the O, it almost has a crescent moon shape. And within that, there's a silhouette of a face with ringlets of water uh, spreading out from underneath it. In the other version, it has an inverse of the colors with a blue, bu blue background and, and gray lettering. Do you want to read and what this, Jeremy? Yeah, this is uh, from Jeremy over at Float. Uh, and he said that we also use 99 designs. We received over 300 entries and used a Facebook poll to help select the winner. So a little, uh, a little help from their 
from their peeps. Yeah, I love that. I, I mean, any way that you can get your your community involved and maybe a contest or something like that is always fun. Fun way to get people excited, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a safe way to do it. Uh, after you have the some things that you like, letting the people decide is a right. beautiful way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe not from scratch, but having the ones that you like <laughs> Be first. Be very careful sure. how you run those. Mm-hmm. Right, in a smart way. I know. I know it's very hard narrowing down when you have so many entries. We had. Uh, I recently did a logo a couple weeks ago, and we got 138 entries. And it probably took me four days to narrow it down to the top four, and then we had to narrow it down to. We picked two logos actually, but it was very tough. We had to get a few people involved, and yeah, there's some some good designers out there, and they can really nice. hit, you know, hit hard. So cool. Getting a Facebook poll is a great way to do it, and it's your audience that you're trying to attract. So that's the perfect audience you want to pull. That's that's great. Um, next, we have Drift Float Studio, and this is a very simple design of um, two. Sh- almost kind of like paintbrush strokes although they're probably probably vector of, of different colors of blue that look like water and a silhouette of a face coming up out of the water and then underneath that it has the word drift and then float studio it's a little little complicated to describe it um, but uh, if you look at the image uh, all those fit together and this came to us from Kristen uh, she mentioned that she has a friend who's a graphic designer uh, and who did all of her logo and website and brochures Nice. I think all of us have some assets in our in our friend groups, and for some of us, we're lucky enough to have. That's a know, good asset to have. Right, exactly. Sure. Mm-hmm. So lucky, Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> good friends. Um, this one I really enjoy. I know we we weren't gonna talk about like how much we like a logo or not, but I have to say <laughs> I I just find this one fun. It's Jellyfish Float Spa. Um, their other lettering starts in purple up top and then it fades to a blue color uh, where it says jellyfish and then float spas is all blue underneath and they simply have a, a drawing of a, a jellyfish on top a blue and purple jellyfish Who and Liz obviously jellyfish. A jellyfish, I like <laughs> a jellyfish Liz obviously also has some very talented and good friends um, she said that this was done at zero cost by her, by her friend and we are in the process of redesigning it but here it is, mm-hmm. just as Dylan described. I, I like the purplish, pinkish color in there. I know a, a lot of float centers, they uh, they seem to go with the blues or the greens or the teals. Um, it's nice to see some some vibrant color like mm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that kind of stands out about this logo is that the, the gradient is really nice and, and pops. And it's I feel like a lot of float center logos are you know, different variations on the water plus body or face mm-hmm. floating in it. And that, that's not a bad thing because it communicates <laughs> right. communicates what the business is about. Um, but I think Jellyfish did a great job here standing, um, out. standing out. And also it's very clear, like, oh, there's a jellyfish that's, like, drawing my eye to it. And, like, oh, float spa. Um, maybe I don't quite know what a float spa is yet. Um, but I kind of get a hint as to what it might be just by looking right. at the logo. Which which we didn't put this in, in the uh, notes here, but uh, Jellyfish Float Spa, there's a few more comments, and I think, Amy, you were in this conversation, but pe- uh, I th- maybe you even asked, have you ever been asked if there are jellyfish in the float tanks? <laughs> and of course she said yes. Of course people think there are jellyfish in the float tanks or that it's part of the experience is to be in there with the jellyfish. I don't know. Um, but... Uh, there's always a little confusion. Never too, you can never I, I be think, too careful. <laughs> right. 
I think another thing that sort of makes a difference with this logo as well is is the font. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I notice a lot of logos are all in uppercase. Um, this seems to, oh. you know, the jellyfish part is in all lowercase, mm-hmm. and float spa is in uppercase. Interesting. I think that really uh, it just changes the lettering up a bit, and you know, it's quite unique. Lowercase is probably a little less, um, uh, not intimidating, but less. Um... What's the word I'm looking for? A little more loose, a little more fun, a little little more approachable. Yeah, approachable. There you go. And just a reminder to everyone listening, we are, we'll post all these on the, again, we'll have it on the blog post on, uh, for this episode on the website. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you go into the show notes, we'll have a link to, to the page too. Uh, that'll have all the pictures. Um, next is float Madison Greg Griffin, um, had this design here and uh, Amy, before I describe it, I'm going to have you read it. Sure. Uh, so Greg said, I paid a local branding company to design my logo after letting them know, uh, know what I wanted out of it. I paid much more than I wanted to around $300 when all was said and done, but I'm very happy with it. Only downside is that screen printed shirts are expensive. If I want the logo to be exactly as is with the various star colors. Right, so he has the words Float Madison in different shades of blue and different font. And then above that, he has a circle with um, uh, various shades of blue for um, what represents water and probably sky. And then stars in the sky of different colors. And then blue stars reflected into that water. Um, Again, that's probably one of the logos that you're probably going to want to click on to to see exactly what that looks like. But there are very... um, a lot of different colors uh, in this logo as he describes and usually um, I think like a single color is a certain price for a t-shirt two colors is a particular price but once you start adding colors beyond that it gets very expensive um, particularly for more detailed work so um, that is another thing if you want to do t-shirts if you want to come up with clothing clothing designs um, simplicity in color choice is, is definitely a good idea that includes some fading as well. Um, not so much for silkscreen, but if you want to get something embroidered or stitched, um, that fading won't come out. Oh. And they are very, I think it's like five colors max or four colors max. Okay. Uh, we've ran into that issue trying to get you know our logo on some fighter shorts and stuff like that. Um, another reason why we're looking at changing up is to get mm. you know simpler colors so it's easy for that print. I also really like screen printed t-shirts as well. So um, if they do a screen print, you can't, it can't be that complicated. There has to be a certain amount of simplicity to it, and they can't do a ton of colors. It just gets too expensive and complicated for them to do. Uh, next up, we have the float shop. Love this logo. Absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> um, but I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to describe it, actually. Would, does somebody else want to describe this one? I'd be so curious how you would. It is a beautiful now, watercolor uh, painting. Uh, and I love how it fades, how the colors fade into each other. But it, it's a, a side view of a head. Uh, it looks like a sun is shining through, looking over uh, what appears to be a lovely uh, forest with a bit of water. So it's there's a lot of stuff going on, but it is a lovely, <laughs> lovely water fa- uh, water uh, color painting. And we have a, I think, let's see, Sandra just described it as a whimsy font that says the float yep. shop. Yeah, Kugelhoff, I think, is our is our font. Um, Lance, would you mind reading her? Yeah, so Sandra Calm wrote, um, For our logo, we used a watercolor I painted when I was a teenager that had been sitting in the closet for almost a decade. Right around the time we found floating and decided to open the float shop, it had finally made its way onto the wall. 
Both of us thought it representative what we wanted to communicate about the float experience. Expansion and expansiveness, potential growth, beauty, connection. Dylan chose the font, which I liked for its whimsy. We played around with it until we liked what we had. Yeah, so we, we came up with it ourselves. Sandra had um, experience in, um, on her MacBook uh, designing uh, in Photoshop and was able to, an illustrator, was able to come up with everything. But yeah, she had painted it in high school. Uh, super crappy boyfriend at the time said, ah, that's junk, hide that. And uh, she did hide that for, for years until she brought it out uh, in front of me and we both recognized it for being something really impressive. So um, with it being something I absolutely love, it absolutely strikes out on so many of the things that you want out of a logo. It is absolutely not simple. <clears throat> so it's it's difficult to scale. It's, it's definitely not vector. So um, when we when we grow it fortunately it's very high res we have very high res photographs of it so we can do that but um that is difficult to work with uh printing on t-shirts we have limited options because of the complicated nature of it um like i said earlier if we want to do a black and white ad we have to pay for color because it just doesn't translate in black and white um the upside (laughs) there i think there is an upside in this uh is that um I think it it is instantly recognizable in kind of a sea of simple logos along our street and in Portland where, I mean, the rule is be simple. And we kind of went, F that. Here's something really complicated and, and pretty. And we want that to get your, your attention. So hopefully, hopefully that works out for us. <laughs> Colors are quite striking, I have to say. Cool. Thank you. Or thank, thanks, Sandra. Sandra, thanks. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, next up, uh, speaking of calms, uh, from a different company, uh, drop, <laughs> drop of calm. Uh, and I'll, I'm going to read this one real quick. <laughs> Caleb says, did it ourselves. And uh, what a great example of simplicity and the fact that you don't have to hire somebody, um, spend any amount of money and still come up with a logo that represents your brand and um, you can come up with yourself. Uh, um, basically, it's just a few strokes of a pen for his design. Um, it's somebody sitting cross-legged. The cross legs um, make an infinity symbol. And the rest, the torso is two lines. His arms are two lines, or her. And the head is a, a unclosed circle. Um, and then the, uh, some soft font. Uh, it says drop of calm. So um, nice job, Caleb. Um, next up, and again, this is one where, you know, we're not exactly trying to grade logos, but I think this one just catches your eye when you look at this one. I think it's pretty undeniable. It's just some beautiful colors involved with this one. Um, <clears throat> oh, and it's called Art of Floats, of course, yes. Um, it, it is Art of Float. It has um, almost like a high-tech or sci-fi font. Is that a good way of describing it? Um, it says Art of Float, zero dot gravity dot time. And then the actual um, logo is AOF inside of a, is that a hexagon? Two, four, six, six, six sides. Um, So, um, Amy, do you want to describe? Or excuse Uh, me. Yeah, sure. Um, So I'm probably going to mess up your name. I'm so sorry. Is it uh, DeWood or DeWad? Compared, uh, let's see. Sorry, y'all. Compared Mm -hmm. to most of you guys, we have a very simple logo. We designed ourselves, but we needed it to reflect that our place is also an art gallery. So it couldn't be too floaty. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and I think for an art gallery, um, I think yeah. it's a beautiful design. I, I get that feel mm-hmm. from it immediately. Yeah. I, I, 
that's one that I thought was just totally knocked out of the park for trying to represent exactly what they wanted. Um, that's that they they did it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Beautiful. Next is Uncharted Waters. This is going to be an interesting one to describe. Uncharted Waters Float Center. Um, Uncharted Waters is in a dark blue. Float Center is in green. Their logo is a silhouette of a, looks like a man, dark blue, um, looking, I would say, probably from uh, bird's eye view down. And then what looks like a radar sweep going from feet to his head and from his head to his feet, if that, if that makes sense. Uh, do you want to le- read what yeah. Jonathan had to say? Jonathan uh, described a little bit more of it in his... Uh uh, and his quote here, uh, I used a company called 99designs.com. My brother recommended them, and Tim Ferriss is a fan. You put up a cash prize, and graphic designers from around the world compete in designing your logo. You tell them what your company does, if you want a theme, nautical in my case, colors you like and dislike, abstract, character-driven, etc. You grade each entry out of five stars and can ask them to tweak it as you see fit. With the nautical theme, I received many entries with compasses and lighthouses, which are too common. I thought a radar sweep would be fitting for our name and theme, so we have a man, or Ripley from Alien 3, floating with a radar sweep in the background. The designer hailed from India, by the way. Cool. And I thought uh, this was interesting just because they didn't incorporate water into it in a direct sense, but they mm-hmm. still incorporated the concept of water that with the with the nautical theme of it. Um, so as we're all trying to open a float center and represent water and a, and a person and all of that, it's kind of nice that, oh, we can kind of think outside the box here a little bit and still still cover that. Next oh. up is One Love Float. Dylan, what do you think? Can you describe that one? Uh, I would say it looks like a heart to me. Uh, one half mm-hmm. of the heart is in red. The other half is an uh, uh, outline of a blue. Uh, with white inside and i think that looks like a drop of water and the name of the, the float center is one love float which i think we all we know trika um yeah. and uh i think it's a very simple design that just really pops and it, mm-hmm. it incorporates the one love aspect of what trika represents and what she wants to represent with her business and um the water portion of so the floating is covered in there as well and trika actually had this logo design um designed uh, and she traded the design for some floaty love which is very trika like <laughs> nice <laughs> <It's> awesome <laughs> floats and trades it works out ooh, wonderfully uh-huh. um, this is another one that that popped out to me uh, quite a bit and um i will have a very hard time describing this one but um <laughs> it almost looks like a, a blossoming flower in a very simple sense um or um what are those things that you used to play as a kid? You'd, you'd fold a little origami, put it on four fingers, and you could ask it questions. Well, anyway, oh. it kind of looks like that, too. Uh, their company is Do Nothing Flotation Center Incorporated. And so they're the what I'll say is a flower is uh, in blues and purples, and their font is in gray. And Meredith uh, lets us know that this is her interpretation, basically, of a float molecule. Nice. She's expressing a float molecule. That's pretty cool. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. That's very cool. Kind of reminds me of the um, all that research on water molecules um, that was really popular a while back. Mm-hmm. Nice. Let's see. Next up, somebody looks like who's gone through a few different iterations of yes. their logo. Nashville Float and Massage and Float Nashville. Do you so, want to yeah, tell me, us a little uh, bit about this? Absolutely. So uh, I put up both my logos. Uh, when we started, we were we did have Float and Massage. 
And about seven months in, we did get rid of the massage room. So at that point, we knew we had to change the name because it's really bad to be called Natural Float Massage and then have to tell people you have no massage. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a rough one. But I put that up anyway um, because I uh, – so first of all, I'll describe it. It's kind of a, a, a yin and yang sign. Um like almost like oil, water or it's oil like paint splashing. Splashed, yeah, on a green and a blue, and then in a uh, seraphon, it's Nashville, and then float and massage underneath. I actually put this up because um, I got this for uh, I got this off of Fiverr. I used Fiverr for this, and we were very very poor. And I think overall, I paid about forty dollars <laughs> for that. Nice. Um, and it was a uh, it was a designer actually in India as well that I worked with. Um, not bad for paying forty bucks. Yeah, I always thought it was a beautiful logo. Yeah, yeah, I like that one a lot. Again, you got yeah, the, uh, well, I, I want to say simple, but it's also kind of complicated at the same time. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, when it comes to, f- to uh, printing that on shirts or something, mm-hmm. oh, that wasn't, nah, it wasn't going to happen. Interesting. It was a nightmare. Okay. And because, this is something to bring up, because I bought it on Fiverr and I didn't have access to that um, designer uh, easily. In fact, I think he left Fiverr after a while. Um, I didn't have anyone to really manipulate it and... Oh. create uh you know to go back in and really create what i wanted them to when i uh i didn't have access to the design let me put it that mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. and i wish i would have uh the second design we did le- use someone locally um we gave them the idea of bubbles which i wish i would have never done <laughs> <laughs> and, um we did try to keep it simple <laughs> um we had a lot of trouble using a square logo as a p- and i thought a rectangular logo would be easier um, so it is uh, float mm. with some bubbles above the O, um, some wavy lines in green, and then the Nashville is also in green. Um, but we have been mistaken for uh, a rafting company <laughs> quite a bit and a scuba diving company. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to the point people come in and ask if we have um, like uh, raft trips floating Do you down the river. Do you have trips. a lot of scuba diving? Um, you know, we, there's actually two shops in our neighborhood. Okay. Two scuba. So uh, who knew Nashville's okay. a, a <laughs> happening place for It wasn't the first diving. thing that came to mind, but okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, I guess, uh, yeah, we were we were kind of mistaken. We still are mistaken for that quite a bit. Nice. Uh, well, um, uh, oh, and do you want to give any input on the new design? Um, you it know too what? Early? It's really too early. We, we have three radically different designs that we're looking at right now. And, okay. Yeah. We, we okay. have no clue. Um, but I'm learning a lot tonight. I'm, I'm taking notes. Well, and, and what have you learned from uh, Nashville Float and Massage to Float Nashville to your latest one? So the first thing I, I did, I am paying more, but I'm using a local uh, a local uh, graphic designer okay. that I plan to continue to use to help me keep my branding even. Uh, in the beginning, we didn't have a lot of money. I am not a graphic designer. I try to do a lot of things myself. Uh-huh. That was a big mistake. Mm. I suck at it. I, I'm <laughs> so embarrassed. Um, but, you know, you do what you got to do. When yeah, you're absolutely. Money. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so this time we are, I, I should say, I'm kind of treating myself uh, to using someone so that our branding is a lot more even. And we we hope that will be a strength in the new place where I know that I failed miserably in branding at Float Nashville. <laughs> Um, and that's, you know, you live and learn, you do what you can do. I can't hear uh, you say that, that you did not fail miserably. <laughs> well, when it comes to the branding and, and keeping things consistent, um, and I get that. Uh, and that's one mistake that I want to make better and I want to make stronger in the next location. Okay. So, yeah, probably the biggest thing. Next yeah. up is Lost in Float Mind and Body Spa. This one has mm, kind of kind of a cursive-ish looking font. Lost in is in gray, float is in blue, and there's a blue circle surrounding the in. 
And um, do you want to read read that one? Yeah. So Gina is also had also used 99designs. So she said, ours is a product of 99designs. We were going for inviting, non-pretentious, and fun. I think that was covered in the logo. I think it's yeah. um, definitely meets the basis of being simple. They have two color tones, which is nice. Definitely will convey in black and white as well. Anything else about this one that you would you would mention? I like the uh, I like the paint stroke um, in the circle. I think those are fun. It does. As you you got non pretentious and fun for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brian, we introduced you and in, earlier in the show. You've spoken a few times, but I think this is where we really want you to, to come in on the show, which is. Um, We've talked about everybody's designs, and um, a lot of people who made comments brought up things like 99designs, Fiverr, um, and uh, can you introduce what exactly these places are, how they work, and maybe some other places where people can get logo designs? Yeah, sure. So there's um, there's a lot of options out there, so if you are starting your own float center and you want to, you're exploring that part of that stage of your business where you're doing logo design, um, whether that's new business or refresh. Uh, there's a lot of these websites out there where you can um, outsource that design work um, to people all around the world. So um, a lot of the people that submitted their logos to us um, use 99designs. Um, essentially, the way that works is you say you put up a bid, like how much you want to pay. Um, and then designers around the world decide, you know, is that worth my time to invest designing a logo for you? And um, if that bid wins, you can go back and forth, pay more to get, um, you know, additional design work done with that designer. Um, there's also Fiverr, um, F-I-V-E-R with an extra R on the end. Um, this is everything's everything's five bucks or at least starts at five bucks. Um, and I think a lot of people will if they maybe don't have the money to invest outright, they'll use Fiverr as a kind of starting point. Um, Cause maybe you have an idea of what you want. Uh, maybe you don't, maybe you have just a very vague general idea. Um, best to not spend hundreds of dollars out the gate mm. to get something that you think you want and then realize later that like, Ooh, that's not really what I want. So before spending um, the big bucks, spend five bucks basically. Yeah. I, I she just seems to be a common thread among businesses. You know, they'll have a Fiverr logo first, um, and then have a stronger concept of what it is exactly they want or need. And then they'll go to, um, you know, uh, bigger design sites like 99 designs or a few other ones we'll talk about in a bit, um, or local shop and, uh, get that done. Uh, another place you can go is, uh, designcrowd.com. Lance mentioned them. Um, he's used them before. Um, Lance, is there anything you wanted to mention about design crowd specifically i mean they all the sites pretty much work the same yeah no i thought it was actually a wonderful platform um you pay your base price and as many people can submit as they want and you just choose uh, i think you can choose three winners um but i've used it twice for two different logos and both times we probably got 30 percent of them were really nice logos that were hard to uh choose from so and very, everyone was very quick with communicating. So if I wanted to edit, I'd just be able to send them a message. And usually within like four to six hours, they were they were back with changes. So it was really nice that way. Um, I think as I move forward with other work, I'm definitely going to be uh, working with Design Crowd again. And uh, they also tend to send you a ton of coupons and offers after to save money. So, uh, yeah, I got a bunch of coupons <laughs> to save even more money from them. So. I do recommend Design Crowd. And one of the things that Lance mentioned is 
you with these sites generally you'll get a lot of submissions so it's not you can't just sit back relax and think you'll have five to pick from uh there is some work on your part of sifting through these submissions and really finding what you want and that can be anywhere from 20 to you know 100 to 200 submissions so um you know, there is some work on your part to find something that's going to work best for you. I love um, a few. That's the problem. I just, I yeah. love that. But <laughs> not, not a bad the, problem. The quantity, but that there's quality. Like he was saying, thirty percent of them were, you know, he had to really think about. I, right. I, I'm surprised to be honest, because it doesn't seem like you're paying a large amount of money, um, so that you're getting such quality out of it is awesome. Um, so a few other sites mm-hmm. that are out there: uh, CrowdSpring.com. Uh, elance.com one of the original um, uh, kind of electronic freelancing um, they have a whole host of things from programming all the way to design but um, they do have designers on there as well um, there's a bunch of other stuff in this category um, do a search and other things will pop up but those are kind of the most popular ones um, and of course friends if you have friends or design knowledge yourself um, you know give it a go um, you may be uh, better at designing what it is exactly you want than having someone else do it for you um, if you do have that skill set. So um, those are a few sites worth looking at, and uh, we'll have those in the show notes if you need to reference them later. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. Well, you know, one other logo that I, I forgot to mention is the, the Art of Floating podcast logo. Mm-hmm. Um was uh, done by a woman here in Portland, and it was a, a friend of a friend, and she's a wedding photographer who does logos on the side, and uh, I just... I thought she was incredibly responsive, and and um, uh, she also did the uh, I don't know what you call it, but like a Facebook background, uh, basically a banner um, that you can see on the website and, and on Facebook as well um, for where we have our, our motto where float centers thrive. And uh, she was very easy to work with and and not very expensive either. So although I can't think of her name at the moment, um, I'm going to go ahead and put her link on the website as well in case anybody wants to get in contact with her. Um, because I, I did enjoy working with her, and I'll make a note that that's, this is the girl whose name I couldn't think of. Um, <laughs> Lance and Amy, is there anything else that you want to add about logos or anything that people should consider? Well, I, I'd like to add one more thing Please. that worked for me or that was very helpful in this process. If someone is design um, a design disaster like I am, uh, I don't even know how to describe. Like as we're working on this new logo, I don't even know. They're asking me. You know, how do you want it to look? How do you want it to feel? And I'm really having a tough time describing things. It's like, well, I like this one thing on another logo, like the type of font they use. And I'm trying to describe a font, which is just total disaster. Uh Um, The one thing that we've started doing that has worked really well is we started a Pinterest board. He's like, okay, we're going to put we're going to put a bunch of stuff on Pinterest board of how you want it to feel. Um, And by using that visual medium, it's really helped us communicate a little better. um, Uh And it's been a it's been very helpful for us anyway i know that's been tricky with us working with a a local designer um is i don't know if it's just the designer we were working with but when we would say what we wanted and they do their they'd create their piece and they'd send it back when we wanted edits um the back and forth communication it would take so long to get what we wanted like Working with Design Crowd, it seems to be the response is very quick. But with the local designer we worked with, it was two or three days before they'd get back to me. And then, you know, I'd take a couple days to review with my business partner. Mm -hmm. And it just, it took weeks to get Mm -hmm. simple things done, such as business cards or, you know, postcards or anything like that for us. Um, That's where I find, I found it a bit easier for me. um, That's interesting. 
I had a similar experience, Lance, of, of waiting several days. <clears throat> and, um, and then, yeah, it's funny because, like, I'll take a few days to respond. But then when I respond, I want a response right yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it, it took several weeks to, to get each of our, yeah. our logos done. Yeah. I've actually missed some of my timelines for, you know, certain projects. Mm. One, especially being the uh, PVC cards, the gift cards I talked about for Christmas. Um, going back and mm. forth with the graphic designer. Mm. By the time it was said and done, <laughs> we were halfway through December. So Ugh. there's, you know, no point, even though right. we did start it in the beginning of November. So, um, yeah, just uh, be prepared for that. Yeah. Uh, there is communication that has to go both ways when you're when you're creating a logo or any sort of graphic work. I, I would say with, uh, Lisette is her name, by the way, uh, came to me, um, is that, uh, well, I don't think it has to be done in person. It was nice that I was able to um, be in the same room with her, chat, and kind of, basically I yacked at her for like 30 minutes. I just I just blabbed for 30 minutes about the 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 blog, the podcast that I wanted, and uh, what it to, to be and everything. She just got a feel for it, and that's, that's uh, where she really got the inspiration from so um that can be nice and um even even if that was done over skype or facetime or something like that i think those kind of conversations can be really nice as well yeah. um it's really cool that there can be so many options um cool anything else that you wanted to add lance um no i don't think so i yeah cool um, uh, if you do want to get in contact with Lisette, by the way, or check out what her work looks like, it's www.lisettestudio.com. Lisette is L-I-S-E-T-T-E studio.com. Um, Brian, thank you so much for being here, for being a guest on our show here. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's been fun. Cool. Um, next uh, episode, we have some tech problems, or, or maybe tech problems isn't the right word, but uh, we want to talk technology. We'll, we'll definitely have you back on. Lance, thank you for being here. Amy, thank you so much. Uh, it's always a pleasure every week. Uh, again, for anybody listening, you can always find us on Facebook at The Art of Floating Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Artful Floating. And until next week, we'll see you next week. listening to the Art of Floating podcast. 